the show you need to get what you desire by avoiding the mistakes made by others before you. Learn the stories and journeys of what success looks like to find the freedom you deserve while thriving with your best life. And now I present to you the one, the only Rapid Results with Andrew Wise. All right, and we're back. Hello and welcome to episode three of Rapid Results. Today's guest is my lovely <laughs> girlfriend, Salisha Thomas. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know you had to travel really far to get here and uh, join us in person, but yes. we're so excited to host you and learn about all the ways that you brought rapid results into your own life. And so thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm kind of nervous. You too. <laughs> might, you might be having sweaty palms, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll Hyperhidrosis. see. <laughs> Hyperhidrosis. Here we go. But uh, this is about uh, helping as many people as possible with um, more rapid results. So let's go ahead and dive in. First question that was submitted was, Salisha, Tell us about the town you grew up in and one of the first goals you were proud of reaching as a child. Ooh, okay. I grew up in Fresno, California. Yeah, that's my hometown. I love that. I was always kind of like, I, I would say maybe bossy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, I feel like in preschool, I was really proud of like being the first one to build like out of these blocks. I would always get like I'd build this house thing. We'd always try to build houses every day, and I would I was always one of the first ones to be done. Wow. But like okay. in elementary school. Like my first like big thing that I was proud of was like being elected to office. I ran for like secretary. You were already elected to office in elementary school? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, I felt really proud of that. I'm like, can I do it? I don't know. But here I am. Yeah. yeah it was fun. What about middle school? Anything stand out in middle school? Oh, I was so excited to make the improv team at Tanaya Middle School. Ooh, it was like this okay. exclusive group. And like if you were an eighth grader or a seventh was it for just eighth graders? Yeah, on the improv team, like you were like, wow, on campus. Oh, and, and, <laughs> and so I was really, really excited. I did run for office eighth grade year, but I, I lost. Oh, I no. Know. I would have voted for you, honey. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. So, and tell us about Fresno. For those who don't know, how would you describe Fresno? <laughs> Hell, the kids who I'm talking to. <laughs> um, let's see here. Fresno is the center of California in more ways than one. A lot of things happen in Fresno because it is truly the Central Valley. So it's like equidistant from LA as it is from San Francisco. It is like a convenient place to live if you want to be two or three hours away from these big cities while like not paying those big city prices. Mm -hmm. um, but also I've heard that people test out their products in Fresno because people in Fresno don't like to buy certain like it's really hard to sell stuff in Fresno. So if it sells in Fresno, it will sell anywhere. And that includes like food, electronics, like anything? I like, think just like, I don't know. I'm not sure the details of that, but that's just like word on the street. Interesting. But it's like, it's good food. I feel safe there, um, but I also, uh, yeah. And a lot of family. Mm, okay. Like where my community is. Yeah, so grew up in an area where <clears throat> I know Fresno's known for being near Death Valley, one of the <laughs> hottest places on earth. So it was hot, very competitive, but you're supported by family. And uh, I'm also impressed that you've had a lot of friends since elementary school and middle school to this day as well. Or is it just one friend? Oh, no, I have a few. Oh. From my Fresno days, like mm -hmm. elementary, yeah, there's like Derek and Eric, Vanessa, Martin, like... And then my church friends, like I have oh. a few friends from from growing up. All right. I love that. So thanks for telling us about your foundations. When you were winning all those block building competitions and elections, what do you think helped the most with your confidence as a young kid? Oh, as a young kid? I mean, honestly, as an adult, I wish I could take notes for confidence from my younger self. Because <laughs> I never even had to think about it. I think like when I was little, I was no one told me you're fat or no one told me you're too much or this or that. I just was. And I was like, this is cool. Right. And so I was naturally confident. I feel like 
everywhere I went, I'm like, I run the school or whatever, like, and no one's telling me that I can't. I don't think it was until like my teenage years where I was like second guessing, like, oh, am I supposed to look like this? Oh, acne is bad. Oh, like that is when I lost some of my confidence and and my adult life. I'm like, well, how do I get it back? But as a child, I don't think kids even realize or know to not be something until it's like beat into them, whether it's like their community or their their friend circle or school or whatever. But I would I think I was unabashedly confident. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, confident people get elected and confident people build blocks faster. So that's a good point of wishing you had more of the confidence you did as a kid as an adult because oh, it's totally. interesting where that transition happens where you go like i can do anything versus, i can do anything i can't do anything right. kind of thing i've yeah. seen pictures of me at the beach as a kid just the roundest <laughs> like like a big old tummy in a two-piece dancing like i was the baddest the baddest girl on the whole block i'm like ah and i'm looking at it as an adult like oh my gosh <laughs> sit down she didn't care we did not care no, I love that. I love that. And yeah, I, I agree. The importance of don't care and uh, having more confidence with that. So like, oh yeah. yeah, it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you like my braids? I got beads on so I can flick them like this. <laughs> like, I, oh, you haven't worn beads in your hair yet since uh, we wrote each other. That's curious. I got to get my confidence back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. So nobody background. You got some confidence going as a young kid. Now tell us, uh, as someone who's been on Broadway, when did you first know you wanted to perform on stage in front of people? Obviously, improv team sounds like that was one of the first hints, but when did you like, no, 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 I want to sing and dance on stage? Well, actually, like, improv was in eighth grade. I did some theater, like, at for school in fourth grade. Wow. And I loved it. But, like, because there was a woman, there is a woman at my home church, Tiffany Binion Mangum and she would sing she was also on the dance team like when she was younger and I was like oh I want to be like her I'm like well is there a career where I can do both musical theater oh Um, my gosh yeah but I didn't think it was a career until my eighth grade field trip to New York City and DC whoa tell us about that yeah from California like we took a eighth grade field trip out here to the east coast and we saw both DC and New York I was like I love both of these places. I think you like went on a trip similar. I also went on an eighth grade trip to DC. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was life changing. I was like, I'm going to live in both of these places. Which one is it going to be first? Mm-hmm. And like DC was so clean and the buildings weren't too tall. It felt, I don't know, like regal. And, but New York, it was dirty, but fast and like exciting. <laughs> and like my heart was like racing so fast. And we saw Wicked and the overtures started. I can't wait to take you to Wicked. I know. I gotta, I'm excited to see it. Yes, I know. I'm very excited to and see it. And I don't know if it will be the same as it was over a decade ago. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Probably not. It, but it might yeah. be. Like, mm-hmm. if they kept up the integrity of the show, I'll find out with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when that first overture begins, it was like, whoa, what is this? And I almost had like a tear coming out of my eye and nothing had even happened. And the show began, and I'd never seen that level of performing in my life. The sets were moving on their own. And the moment that I was like, that is what I want to do, was when Alpha Bun, I hate telling this story, but it really is, it was a turning point for me. I hate telling it because karma and then something always happens to me. But the Alpha Bun who was on that night, she was so phenomenal. And at the climax of her big solo, one of her big solos, her voice gave out and she cracked. It was so, you couldn't hide it. It was so bad. And all of my friends, like we were in eighth grade, they were all laughing. But that was the moment I was like, she's a human. Mm-hmm. And then the whole rest of the performance, she was so amazing. So yeah. I watched her be amazing, make a mistake, recover, and then be even better. I'm like, <laughs> how did she do that? That's a learned skill. Mm. Maybe I can do that too. Yeah. Like that gave me confidence to want to pursue it, but it's still looking up to her. Yeah. And that talk around learn skill, I do hate the word. Well, I don't hate it, but I read somewhere like how the word talent is overused because people are like, oh, she has so much talent playing the piano or he has so much talent playing basketball or she has so much talent uh, singing on stage. 
like you said, when people realize that those are all learned skills. Like she probably spent hundreds and thousands of hours training how to sing that well, how to dance that well, how to get to that stage as well. And people never see what's behind the curtain of how much work goes into it. And I think it's uh, Damian Lillard who says, Lillard. practice thousands of hours in front of nobody so that you can practice in front of every, so you can practice in front of thousands of people, essentially. Mm. So just like, yeah, just, I, I really want to stress to people too, like how much I love that the importance of learned skills that there's talent is overrated because if you, yes, it helps to be genetically quote unquote modified in certain areas. But for the most part, um, there's always exceptions to the rule if enough work gets put into it, focused work, I should say. So that's very inspiring. That's when you realize it sounds like it took her messing up in front of you for you to realize it was a learned skill as well. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. no, totally. But I do feel like, and I think we've talked about this book and I forgot, maybe it's by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, I can't remember link or something. When you're good at something from an early age, people around you are more inclined to give you more attention in that area. Mm -hmm. And so that compounded attention, once you're just a little bit better than your classmates at something, anything, it could be anything, you get a little bit more attention. And each year, if you get a little bit more attention in that one area, you're eventually, and if you keep going, if you're consistent with it, eventually you're going to be the best, whatever that means. Everything's relative. But I feel like that's a, so it does help the younger you start. But that doesn't mean that you can't start at all yeah. if, you, if it's later in life. I took my first voice lesson ju senior year, junior or senior year of high school. Whoa, dang, interesting. Hmm. So, but I was singing in church before. Gotcha. Okay. Like, so I don't know. Like, you can still start. Yeah, not. Like, uh, my dad likes to tell the story that uh, he didn't start playing basketball until like his junior year of. Uh, high school, like that's the first time he really picked up a basketball and he started beating all the varsity uh, basketball players, <laughs> even though he was just this tall, lanky kid. He didn't know much. <laughs> Your dad? <But>, yeah. <laughs> and eventually it helped him uh, play division two basketball in college and get a scholarship for that. And so I love. Wait, like, that's awesome. <laughs> Papa Wise. Yeah, yeah. So he'll be in the next interview tomorrow. So just, uh, yeah, we got Cammie turning, tuning in as well. Oh, Cammie Southern. Yes. Hey, girl. <laughs> She says the importance of having a strong team. She says the importance a parent or teacher is going to cultivate that gift in you at any age. Yes, 100%. Yeah, we, we agree, Cammie. So here you are, eighth grade. You're like a little, uh, are, you, are you still uh, confident uh, chubby in eighth grade as well? No, eighth grade, I lost all of my baby fat. All of it. I was like, you can't tell me nothing. It was a different confidence. No more braids and beads and all that. Straightened hair, <laughs> always like flowing down my back. Okay. My skin was still clear. I was like, oh, you couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> Fair enough. So eighth grade, you're like, oh my gosh, I can do that. I want to do that. Boom. And then high school hits and you don't take your voice lesson until senior year. So what, what happens in high school? Oh, gosh, I haven't been asked about high school in so long. In fact, we have not talked about high school. In a little bit, but little uh, bit. but yeah, I'm curious about your, your Broadway journey and how high school is a part of that. Yes. Well, question. I mean, honestly, I was like really involved in high school, like mm. super involved. Like we were hanging out last night with our friends and from Fresno and we were all saying school, like school, when school ended, our curriculum extracurriculars began. Mm -hmm. I was at school longer for my extracurriculars than I was for the actual school day. So I was on the cheer team. I was in marching band. Did I do jazz band in high school? I don't think I did. I was on the mock trial team and be eventually became mock trial team captain. I was on the drama club, drama club team oh, captain. Drama club represent. I love drama club. Drama yeah. club, right. Mm -hmm. Improv. I did the school plays. I ran for student government. Like I did these things every year mm -hmm. and they started to like they were always conflicting. I was mm -hmm. always arriving somewhere late because I was at another thing and having to leave it early to get to the next thing, not to mention my involvement at church, like for the dance team and in choir rehearsal, all of the youth things. So all of those things were going on at the same time. My drama, like uh, the school plays, my teacher, Calvin Hoff, he was like, you're here late and stuff. He's like, do you really want to be a lawyer for mock trial, or do you want to act 
Mm. Like a lawyer. My mm. parents were so mad. <laughs> yeah. Because I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. And I like made theater my priority. Oh, so you sound like your parents wanted you to be a lawyer or a doctor yeah. or a surgeon or a rocket scientist. But... <laughs> my sister. <laughs> it's good that, uh, yeah, you, you, you were able to discover what you wanted, not what was expected of you. Well, that's the thing. I feel like as humans, not just me, all of us, we can be good at a lot of different things Mm -hmm. or we can have interests in a lot of different areas. But in order to achieve like actual something, you got to pick one Mm -hmm. and focus. Like we heard about that in that video that we watched on our last road trip. Like if you've got all these different businesses Mm -hmm. and and you're not a millionaire yet, you need to pick one. Mm Yeah, so that's uh, um, Alex Hormozy for those listening in. It's a book called $100 Million Offers. He has a, a YouTube video of like him doing a keynote speech and talks about, yeah, before you, in order to make more than a million dollars per year, you need to, basically, he's saying just pick one thing, one person to help, and that will help you get to your first million dollars. And then after you get a million dollars a year, then you can start figuring out more businesses, more people to help, and uh, adjusting accordingly. So good memory, yes. Yeah, we, our goal is to hopefully, uh, well, not hopefully, but we're going to make it happen, become seven figure entrepreneurs or more someday. So we're, we're on that journey as well. And, uh, are you listening, God? Yeah, yeah. God, are you listening? We're working on it. We're, we're working, working on, on it. it. <laughs> <laughs> working on it. Yes. And so, yeah, just, uh, I agree. The importance of picking one thing and going after it. So, all right. So you picked, you were, sounds like you're an amazing superstar. And uh, did you get any scholarship offers from Stanford or Harvard? I mean, Are you kidding the me? only people at my high school that did as many things as you, they got full rides to the best schools in the country. Like what? Like I'm curious. I'm, maybe, I'm not trying to trigger you, but I'm, no, I'm, I'm not triggered as high school. I'm just curious. Yeah. Well, I was also that kid that took a million AP classes, but then when it was time to sign up for the AP test, was like this line is really long <laughs> and I really want Chipotle before the month is over. And so mm. I was like, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I want to go to a school that's by Disneyland. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I want to work at Disneyland. And <laughs> if that is what I did, yeah. I picked a school at Cal State Fullerton and I was able to go there, graduate early, and work at Disneyland. Yeah. And I got I didn't get any scholarships because I didn't apply for scholarships. That except for too. pageants. Mm. So every time I ran for a pageant, they gave me a bunch of money. I'm like, you mean I can lose and still get money. And still get money. <laughs> you get paid to lose, huh? Paid to lose. I was like S- sounds like someone was uh betting on you and uh <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was the best of both worlds and then eventually I won and it was fun. It was so fun being Miss Fullerton while attending Cal State Fullerton. Yeah, yeah. And working at Disney like in a role that And this I, is in college now. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like what is that saying? You lose a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah, yeah. something mm-hmm. like that. I'm like, well, I probably would have gotten some kind of scholarship if I tried. Yeah. But there was a part of me that was like, I'm working so hard in all these other things. I'm done. I'm at capacity. Yeah. This is where my laziness kicks in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's okay. I mean, uh, I, I, what I've learned is uh, one of my best things I've read is that life is like a GPS system where you say, okay, I want this. And then the universe and life just starts guiding things towards you to get that. And you're like, I changed my mind. The universe goes, okay, let's reroute and <laughs> help you change your mind. So, you, so, yeah, you can change your mind as much as you want. Just understand that, like, some things can need to take time to act and for you know de- everything definitely happens for a reason and just kind of a matter of letting the universe kind of reroute your gps essentially accordingly so you know yeah. what you're this actually is making me think of something and maybe we, we can talk about this off camera mm-hmm. but i'm thinking about all the times where i'm like i've got this thing and i really love doing the work but all the things around the work i don't like doing that like my podcast i love doing interviews mm-hmm. don't like marketing it yes don't like posting it mm-hmm. don't like emailing to make sure I don't like doing all that stuff. You don't like stuff. posting it? People like Cammy who are hanging on everywhere. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's just like all the other stuff is like extra work. Like in school, I'm like, I love doing cheer. I love doing band. I love doing all these things. 
but like getting into colleges and doing the scholarships, I don't, I don't care about that stuff. I just want to do the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm wondering like, if I'm aware of that going forward, if I'm like, I know I'm not going to want to do that. Who can I hire to help me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get those things done to make sure that they get done. Yeah. So I can keep going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Most, most of life is discovering your strengths and getting people to help with your weaknesses. Cause that's, cause those, cause your weaknesses are their strengths. So right. find those people to compliment you for sure. Yeah. As long as I've said by you and not held your hand. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. Honey. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you're in college. So yeah. So I think what a lot of people like to realize too. So, Another thing you accomplished quickly, you got rapid results in, was working for Disneyland. So tell us about what you believe helped you get hired faster, and then tell us about your journey of eventually becoming a Disney princess. <laughs> yes. You know what? Funny thing. Like, there was, I'm sorry, there's something in my eye. There, my first audition for Disney, I really wanted to be a meet and greet princess. Like, that is what I wanted to do. And so the day before that audition, there was like a another audition for being a character host. I was like, well, I definitely don't want to be a character host. So I will go to that audition just so I can see what the audition process is like. Mm -hmm. And then the next day I will go to the princess audition. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And there were hundreds of us at the character host audition. And I kept making it to the next round. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they, they selected the audition process that day. Yes. Oh, she never got a chance to go to the princess one? No. <laughs> By the end of the day, it was like American Idol. There was um 28 of us left, and they split us into two groups. Mm-hmm. And one room got the, mm, it's not going to happen. And then the other group, they were like, so guys, thank you so much for coming in today. You know, we can't select everyone. But we selected you! <laughs> it was so exciting. Yeah. And I was like, wait. Yeah. But it was like the it was so cool to like, oh, I'm working for Disney, but how did this happen? Yeah, you, you told the universe it's what you wanted. <laughs> it happened. So yeah. I didn't get to go to the princess audition the next day. Mm-hmm. I worked there for like six months as a character host. I it was fine, whatever. It was uh, it was fine. It was mm-hmm. fine. But it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I auditioned and auditioned, auditioned within the next couple of years to be a character and I always got cut mm. and and so on the outside it looked like it happened really fast but there was a lot of rejection in between the times that I started auditioning there and when I actually got hired as a vocalist the one audition where I almost couldn't make it because I had classes that morning and there was so much traffic it took two hours LA traffic to get there so I was late to the audition. normally it takes like 30 minutes I mean, on a weekend. <laughs> so normally it takes an hour, but it took two hours. That yeah. Day. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I got there late. I had to go to class that morning and they almost didn't let me sign up. And I'm like, oh, please. Like, I, this is what it took for me to get here. And they were like, fine. Mm-hmm. If that lady lets you sign up, you can do that. And I waited for eight hours. Oh my gosh. Eight hours. And at the top of the day, they were asking for a short song. And by the end of the day, they were asking for four bars. That's like 10 seconds of singing. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I was like, how's anybody supposed to get hired off of singing four bars? Yeah. And long story short, I ended up getting a call back. I was the last person seen. The last person seen. <laughs> yeah. Then I got a call back the next day, which is my birthday. I was like, woohoo. And then a couple, like a month later, they were like, will you be our vocalist and princess for this new show? So, I went from wanting to be the rope holder at the end of a parade to actually be becoming one of the highest the highest paid princess in the park. Wow. Yeah. But I I would have been more than happy doing something else. I just wanted to work there and like the cost. Yeah, no. That's such a great story and uh I love the, the resilience of it too of going back to not taking no for an answer essentially. Yeah, but it it felt like I was discouraged for a little bit, taking so much no that I almost didn't make it Mm -hmm. to that last audition. Mm -hmm. I was like, they know who I am. Yeah. They recognize me. I work for them. I see them when I'm being a character host. And 
am I foolish for even going? It's like so embarrassing getting cut every time on the first round. Like, but I'm glad I. We're all glad too, Salisha. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Disney probably won't like us saying it, but you can find uh, Mickey and the Magical Map on YouTube. Well, it's different, yeah. But there's different people who get cast at different times. So, yeah, if you want to go on YouTube, look up this Mickey and the Magical Map. Yeah, what's Mickey called. and the Magical Map. See if you can find Salisha. It's kind of like a Where's Waldo or uh, <laughs> might be her, might not be her. You got to pick the right video. But <laughs> yeah. They called me Sassy Tiana. I was usually like, Da, 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 da. Talk about how many rings you got on your finger. Like doing some Beyonce. Oh yes, oh yes. There's a little sassiness in you, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> Funny how that works. So I feel like that's kind of your first official pre-Broadway experience because, like, I wasn't good enough to be a lead on uh, High School Musical Theater, and our my high school I went to is very competitive. But I feel like being a princess at Disneyland is definitely one level above any high school theater experience. So do you feel like that was your first pre-Broadway experience, essentially? Well, I feel like I don't even know if it's I that to me was a dream job. Yeah. That I'm like, I don't know if I can even do that. And but yeah, I would definitely count that as my first professional job. Well, I did work regionally before that. And you got this at like 20 years old? 21? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. That was when I first was like, all right, entering into like union mm -hmm. world. So like for Broadway, you want to be in <laughs> Actors Equity. And working at Disney gave me my AGVA union card. So it was just like a sister union. Mm -hmm. So like dipping toes into that was like, one step closer to being in actors equity gotcha okay yeah no that's that's so awesome get your dream job at 20 years old that's <laughs> that's pretty dang good but yeah. i will say like talking about getting into actors equity i can't say it this morning <laughs> it was like i was gonna buy my way in like once you get your adva card you can do that and i'd done one or two shows prior to give me points to get me closer to my union card but then right after I left Disney, I got hired to do a show in, in Northern California, once on this island at TheaterWorks in the Silicon Valley. And that show, they just offered the card to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so that was very fast. And yeah. I would not have been able to take that show if I didn't graduate early. Wow. Okay. And, and so, so speaking of graduating early, so... For those who are looking to get on Broadway someday, you know, let's say they're in middle school or high school, tell us about, um, cause you, so you you majored in, you got a BFA. No, you were started at getting a BFA, but then you transitioned over to a BA. BA. Okay. So so how, how do you think uh, college in general played a role in your Broadway experience or what advice would you give to people um, when they're looking at, oh, do I go to this college, this college, I major in this, major this, the goal is to get on Broadway. What, what, what there kind of advice would you give? so many different paths, and I feel like the way I saw things was very kooky. So in at Cal State Fullerton, I saw that the most successful people from my school did not finish school. Like, mm. they got pulled from school before they could graduate. Wow. So in my head, if you graduate, you're not good. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I don't want to graduate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I almost did not. Mm -hmm. But... My, my mom was like, we both disown you. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. She was kidding, kind of. <laughs> kind of not really. <laughs> and so I was like, fine. So I doubled up on classes towards the end there. Um, but I did start off getting my BFA, which is really hard to get into the program. It was like a lot of us at the beginning, and then they t chose 12 of us for the program. I got in for, I, I did it for a semester and was like, oh, my gosh, this is not for me for many reasons, even though I loved that school mm -hmm. and the program like the whole thing. I learned the base of all the things I need, needed to succeed in those first couple of years, switched my major to just a regular general Bachelor of Arts in theater. And I, that gave me the confidence like, okay, what's a 16 bar cut? What, what kind of monologues do I need to choose? Like the stuff that I would actually need to audition when I got to New York one day. So, so just backing up, so the BFA program was the program that most people didn't graduate from, but they did make it on Broadway. Well, like a lot of people would get into the BFA and that was putting them on track for Broadway because it's like, 
like a focused major. Yeah. Like we were talking about focus. Like yeah. it's like mostly you're singing, you're acting, and you're dancing classes. Yeah, yeah. And so like that was always the goal, but I realized there are other ways to get to Broadway. You have to be in the BFA. There's lots of ways to be successful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember like one of the reasons why I wanted to graduate from the program is because they did a a showcase in New York in front of agents and managers. Whoa. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah. And I never got to do my showcase because mm-hmm. I didn't graduate from the program. Yeah. But I did get an agent, many agents, in different ways. Yeah. And one year, Cal State Fullerton asked me to be like the speaker before the showcase, before the kids' showcase in New York. Whoa. And I remember standing on that stage and like encouraging them. I could see them in the wings being like, you guys, I want you to come out here and have freaking fun. Yeah. Because what if this goes really well, you can get the agent of your dreams. Mm-hmm. And also, if it doesn't go really well, you can still get the agent of your <laughs> dreams. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mm-hmm. did. I, and I told them, I was like, I never even made it to this stage. And I am currently, like I was on Broadway at the time. So there are so many different ways to be successful. There's no one path. Yeah. I think that that's so such great life advice, too, that people forget that just because someone got successful one way doesn't mean there aren't other ways and you can't make your own route and your own journeys. I like how you're literally exhibit A of that. You're like, oh, here's all these people doing a BFA on Broadway pass. I'm going to do my own path with the BA path. And I'm sure there's people with BS degrees who are on Broadway too, kind of thing. Oh, totally. So just remembering, yeah. Totally. So that's actually one of the, the biggest lessons I learned in life too, is I did a, a leadership camp when I was in college and it just blew my mind that the understanding that there are many ways to be successful. Like it's it's like comforting and mind blowing at the same time that you don't have to take a certain route, that there are many routes that can work. And like, yes, some routes can be harder than others, but it still works. <laughs> yeah. Also a reason why it's like comparing yourself to somebody, it can be so detrimental because mm-hmm. it, you're like, oh, well, I'm not doing, I don't have as many shows as she does or whatever. There are so many different ways. You just got to trust your own path, put mm-hmm. those blinders on and keep going in the direction of what resonates with you because mm-hmm. time will just give it time. Yeah. And one day you'll wake up and be like, Oh, <laughs> I got exactly where I wanted to go, but it didn't look like that person's path. Yeah. The, the how is always uh, mysterious to us kind of thing. Nice. Yes. It's like Steve Jobs says, you can only connect the dots looking backward. You can't connect yeah. it moving forward. And so, I know yeah. this is my peak sounds kooky, but I remember God whispering into my ear and telling me like all the awesome things that are going to happen. And I was like, well, how God, how is that going to, how? And, yeah. and he said to me, don't worry about the how. Mm. It's not our job mm-hmm. to worry about how everything's going to work out. You just keep listening to your intuition and yeah. following that voice and the how that is that's god's job i love that i love that just it's kind of like uh fishing in a way just all you can do is put out the bait <laughs> you don't know how the fish is going to see it or which fish is going to see it well hopefully you know which fish you want to get it but <laughs> but sometimes like also the example of like choosing broadway over being a lawyer kind of thing like or music you know, or, yeah. or music and so, yeah, I just love that. Just put the bait out and just relax. I feel the same way, like, about how I met you. I'm like, God, there's no freaking way I'm going to meet somebody who's going to really understand me or or be able to, like, get me. And I'm, I feel like I'm pretty complicated. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then here you come waltzing into my life. I'm like, how is it possible that I can meet somebody who I don't want to go away, who I don't want to go away? who I enjoy so much, but also I have my independence, Mm -hmm. but who I won't get sick of after a couple of days. (laughs) You get sick of most people after a couple of days. I'll mute it for the family and friends out there. That (laughs) (laughs) Don't spend more than two days with somebody if you don't want to be sick of you. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) Hi, Tammy. I see you on there. Oh, and Tammy wants to be on Broadway one day. Oh, this interview is perfect for you then. Hey, right right on. This is so fun. But yeah, and here you come, and you became like my best friend. And I love hanging out with you. I love spending time with you. I even love arguing with you. Oh, no. <laughs> I do. Oh, that all makes sense now. Well, anybody <laughs> else who I've argued with in the past, I'm like, 
not worth it. We're done. This is our first and last argument. Not worth it. Yeah. You're worth it. Oh. To like get to the bottom of it and keep loving each other after. Yes, you're worth it too, Salisha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I met you too. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you love me. Yes, very much. I love you too. Oh, so much in common. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so outside of that, well, outside of that, in addition to that, so obviously Salisha and I didn't meet until uh, February, no, yeah, March 2021. So we're still, uh, we'll pretend like you're at the storyline. We're still in Salisha's storyline. She's still in college, so she hasn't met me yet. So sad. Sad. <laughs> it took so long. <laughs> or you took long too. No. You. All right, I'll take the what blame. What took right. you so long? I'll take the blame. I would look up at the stars. I'm like, where are you? <laughs> are you looking at the same star as me right now? Yeah, we also recently watched uh, Matrix Resur Resurrections, and uh, they say that quote in the movie too. For those who haven't seen it, it it's it, you know, if you're looking for a good love story movie, it, it does do a good job of the the love story part of it. I know, unfortunately, the box office ratings and money wasn't as good. But I love. But I, I, yeah, for, for, for having a wonderful girlfriend like Salisha, it was nice to watch with her. So we recommend seeing it if you're into that. I love Matrix. <laughs> I just discovered it this year. <laughs> so you're in college and tell us about making the official leap to going to New York to be on Broadway. Because here you are, you've been in Fresno your whole, or California your whole life. You only went outside of Fresno for college. Tell us about that that official Broadway leap where you're jumping into the abyss. Yeah, I was working at Disney and it was my dream job. But then I got like cut down to one day a week. I'm like, how am I supposed to live on one day a week? Mm, lots and of ramen. Yeah. Lots of ramen. <laughs> and like other things were happening. I think I'd gone through a breakup and all this stuff. And I, oh yeah, sorry, I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this, but I was I don't know if I ever talked to you about this. I was saving for a wedding. Yeah, you told me about okay. that. Okay. Yeah, many times. And, oh, not many times. Don't you roast me? Like, it doesn't give me credit for listening. All right. <laughs> and we broke up, and I had all this money sitting in my account. I'm like, okay. And I had my, I got my union card. I had a bi-coastal agent, and and I had money saved. Those were the three things that I had planned years prior. One day when I have these three things, I'm going to move to New York City. Mm -hmm. And here I was in Southern California finding myself unhappy. Mm. I was like, well, what am I still doing here? Oh, yeah, I was on the way to see Todrick Hall's show in L.A. And I was stuck in traffic. I was on the 405 and had gone five miles in two hours. <sighs> it was brutal. And I was and I started screaming like <laughs> literally a break. And I was like, what am I doing here? I hate it here. And then I was like, that voice was in, came to me again and was like, move to New York. I was a crazy person. I was like, I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> Can I do that? And before I even got inside the stage door to meet Todrick and stuff. This is when you're like 22 years old, 21? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 20, yeah, 22. Mm -hmm. I sat in the parking, I parked and, and I bought a one-way ticket. It was like $112. And oh, I didn't, good rates. Yeah. I, know. I was like, <laughs> This is a sign. I didn't tell anybody. Gave all my shifts away at Disney. And I went to... All your one shift a week away? Well, for a month. Oh, okay. So four shifts. Yeah. Okay. Are you done? <laughs> Just... Are you done? Sorry. <laughs> okay. I found somebody to take my shifts yeah. for a month. Yes. And and I did that quietly. Candace Washington. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I went to New York for one month. Because I was like, anybody can do New York for a day. Mm -hmm. Or even a week. That's vacation. Yeah. Can I, do I love it for a month? Yeah. Survive a month. Yeah. 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 And I found a friend to stay with. And while I was here during that month, I was like, oh, this is my home. I felt it right away. And two weeks in, this homeless man sat down next to me. Like we were waiting for the A train to come. And he looked at me and his eyes sparkled. Andrew, he didn't know me. And he said, I don't know who you are, but you need to move here and you need to do it now. And literally, I was like, who is this guy? My whole body was covered in goosebumps. The train is rolling into the station. I get on. He doesn't. I'm looking at him as the doors are closing and he mouths the words, good luck. Aww. I'm like, 
who is this guy? And that night I put my notice in at Disneyland. Was it Morgan Freeman? No! Uh, <laughs> no! Okay, all right. And, but I do feel like he was absolutely an angel. Disney did not even know I was in New York. I was mm -hmm. like, hey guys, I'm in New York. They're like, woo, wait, you are? <laughs> Good huh? joke, Salisha. Yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to stay. They were like, oh, okay. They like they were taking it in. I was like, ah, oh, Kate was on the phone. I love her so much. And I put my notice in, booked a round trip ticket to New York, or to California, got rid of everything, finished out my last couple of days at Disney, came back to New York. And that week I booked the first national tour of Beautiful, the Carol King musical. Wow. My first job, my first real job that would pay six figures. I was like a kid. I just I I hadn't even unpacked. And I was in the city. I'm like, if I had not moved when that random homeless man told me to move, this opportunity would have passed me by and I would never have known. Wow. I feel like that's like such a amazing superhero moment. Like whenever you watch a superhero movie, like, yeah, you learn about what they like life as a kid, how they struggled, how they got better, how they got stronger. And finally, like when you got that Broadway gig, I can see you just kind of like <laughs> ripping apart the uh, old solution saying I'm a, I'm a hero let's now go. yeah like, let's exactly. go and it was yeah. the first national tour like I'd never been on tour before yeah but my goal was like okay well maybe one day maybe one day they could bump me up to the Broadway cast which seemed like such a lofty goal mm -hmm. and somebody even told me that doesn't happen that's not a thing don't even think about dreaming about that somebody literally said that to oh. me and that is exactly what happened I did get at, it was a text message. Your role opened up on Broadway. Do you want it? Whoa, that is awesome. That is yeah. awesome. But, but you had told people that you're interested in being on Broadway in the first place. Like you built those relationships. Like, yeah, I mean, I sent one email. I sent one email after I'd been on the tour for over a year and a half. It was like, if I would, it was so nice seeing you the other day, like on the creative team. Um, if just so you know, I, I would, be willing to do like just expressing interest yes, yeah. if it ever became a thing and and just so that i could feel peace like that they knew yeah because sometimes they just figure you are on tour because you want to be on tour and you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take exactly mm -hmm. so i was like let me just throw it out there and i did and that worked out and i was also able to save on the road because i was subletting when i came out here i was here for a week so mm -hmm. i didn't have to sign a lease yeah i was just subletting for like a couple months so i was saving like crazy mm -hmm. and i was able to save to buy my own home here in new york mm. that was always my goal when i went on the road like so that i could do that yeah so it was a very focused again a very focused goal yeah when i was in the middle of america <laughs> <laughs> and i like too that the fact you had the courage to put that out to someone who could actually help you to like ask like, hey, if Spot on Broadway opens up, that'd be great. And I think that, that's something I learned at a young age is that it's unfortunate that people don't like asking for help in the first place. It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It, it is, but you know, I've learned is that people love helping people. And so if you give someone a chance to help someone, there's a good chance that they'll, they'll do it. Like if you're intentional kind of thing. Like if you say, hey, we'd love if you can donate $20 to this charity to help this kid uh, be fed for a month kind of thing. Or just like, hey, I'd love if you can introduce me to someone who can teach me how to get on Broadway kind of thing. Like for those who are tuning in, like make sure that, uh, yeah, Salisha is very helpful. She's very kind. She's also very busy. So uh, <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> don't be surprised. It takes her a while to respond. But just like, Or yeah. even blow me up because I don't intentionally ignore any emails or messages so if you like message me again probably by the third the second or third time i'll be like oh my gosh i'm so sorry yeah so just understand yeah she's not ignoring anyone just might take some time to respond but, but yeah i still drive from that point that i believe that's really what helped me become successful is like being okay asking for help and obviously there's different levels and you don't want to be excessive about it but just like understanding that people love helping people and to be okay with that in the first place essentially yeah, yeah. i think like and you did not ask this but i think one secret to like success well, i was gonna ask about your audition but i'll let you finish yeah well that's the thing oh yeah and we can talk about that that's a different yeah. story mm -hmm. i think talent 
is important, but what do you define as talent? What's talent to you? To me, like how high can you sing? How long can you hold the note? How well do you hit the dance moves? How well do you go into the pocket of like acting and touching people? Like, though, like, do you give people goosebumps when you perform? Like that is talent and that is important. But I think there's another component and that's not being a trash human mm -hmm. and actually being likable. You think it's hard for a lot of people? No, but sometimes it does need to be intentional, especially when you're in a cutthroat business. Mm -hmm. People can sniff that out a mile away. Like, why are you like your deeper intentions? And if you're going to be cool to work with, fun to work with, if you're going to be like, have a good work ethic, but like, are you likable? Well, I, I just want to challenge that real quickly. You hear, hear all the time about people who are awful to work with, like Toby Maguire for the first Spider-Man. Like <laughs> there's so many, countless stories of him being awful to work with. I think Tommy Lee Jones, you know, he is in the movies like he is in real life. And so, oh, and I'm man, sure you Tommy know, Lee Jones. <laughs> yeah. and him. I'm sure, you, you know, being in the Broadway community, I know you've heard stories of people who are very tough to work with the Broadway community, but they still get gig after gig after gig. So I'm curious you speaking to that. A little well, bit. I kind of feel like, there's two levels of it. Like if you're already a bona fide star, people know that you're going to sell tickets. Mm -hmm. So they'll might, they might be willing to deal with it. Mm -hmm. But when you're getting started and you're making a, a name for yourself and a reputation and you aren't the one like bringing in the box office sales solely, like they just want to make sure that they, they've got an ensemble of people or a group of people that they like going to work with. Mm -hmm. You don't want to work with 24 jerks if you have to work with one that's fine but the other 23 they need to be cool yeah cool yeah i love that man one of your top tips for success is to be likable yeah and, and honestly to be likable and just be easy to work with essentially yeah yeah like yeah be like you can somebody that they can count on mm. leave the drama at the door in the drama club <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly all right, so tell us about your first official audition. Let's say you have a yeah, someone like like Cammy. She's like, all right, Salisha, I got this audition for Broadway. How do I get selected? Okay, yeah. so there, so there's two things that we have to worry about here. The actual like material that a lot of times, because I have an agent, a lot of times I go in, they've already given me the songs from the show or scenes from the show that they want me to read. Sometimes you go in and you sing your own song. So you got that part of the audition that you want to do a good job on. But then there's an unspoken part of the audition where they want to see what kind of human you are. Mm -hmm. It is not about being perfect. If you sing all the right notes and oh shoot, oh my phone. <laughs> Poor phone. Oh. <laughs> if you sing all the right notes and everything's perfect, that's wonderful. All right, now next person who's also gonna do it perfect. But if you make them laugh in the audition, if you do something that like they can take a breath, like it's an energy. You're really auditioning your energy. I will never forget going in for The Lion King on Broadway. And at the end of the day, there were seven of us who were all called back for Nala. We had made it to the final callback for Nala in The Lion King. All of us were cute, okay? All of us could sing the crap out of it. All of us could fit the costumes, whatever that means. At the end of the day, the person who got it had the most, and oh, I love this so much. We all got along in that audition. It was really like a black girl magic moment. But the people who get the actual job are those that energetically align with it the most. Because technically speaking, we could have all done it. But energetically speaking, it's a better fit for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I think when you're auditioning, you're really auditioning your energy. My audition for the Britney Spears musical, most of my audition was me talking about the person I was dating at the time. <laughs> like I sang one song like over and over again and it was good and I did a little dancing and it was good. But really, they were like, but who are you? That, it, of course I'm in a Britney Spears musical. I freaking love Britney. Like, yeah. it makes sense. Like, one of my friends who is literally from Africa was in The Lion King. It makes <laughs> sense. Like, yeah. It, in addition to her being freaking good. 
and mm-hmm. gorgeous. Like there are certain projects that you do that just make sense. And what about, uh, and thank you for telling us the story about the Lion King and Brittany. So what about the, the first edition with the Carol King tour edition though? So the analogy I love is, uh, for those who haven't read, uh, Jordan Peterson's, I think it's like 12 rules of, of life essentially. And the first chapter, that's all I got through. I still need to read the rest of the book, but <laughs> <laughs> the first chapter, he talks about humans are kind of like lobsters. And in the lobster world, like it's very difficult to get up through the hierarchy. But once you get like one step above, everything is so much easier, essentially. And so uh, so that, that first opportunity to like officially be on tour for Broadway, like once you get there, like I feel like the floodgates open with opportunities and confidence and wins. But getting through that first tier is sometimes, if not the most difficult. So yeah, I'd love for you to talk more about your Carol King uh, tour edition and how you were able to get to that first tier. Well, when I auditioned for that, that's a good point. Some good points you brought up. When I auditioned for that, I had been in New York the month prior, like seeing a bunch of shows. I did not know that they had been casting the Carol King show for months. Uh-huh. And this was their final week of casting. Wow. And they still hadn't found this one role. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The will you still love me? Role. Yeah. yeah. Like the girl who sings, will you love me tomorrow? Who was originated by Carly Hughes. They were still looking for that role. And when I went in, it was a final callback. Well, it was a callback. Most of the girls I'd seen them in their shows on Broadway. And I was like, oh my God, she just signed my playbill. She just signed my playbill. I just saw her in Motown. All of stuff. I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> How did I get this audition? So a lot of imposter syndrome going oh, on. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I could hear everybody's audition. I'm like, everybody sounds good. Mm-hmm. I'm just happy to be in the room. And when it was my turn, I was praying that they would let me start with the Will You Still Love Me song because they also had the Locomotion song, which is way harder to sing. I can sing it. Do I want to do it eight times a week? No, (laughs) no, no, no. And all the girls were starting with that song. I'm like, if I have to sing that song first, they're not going to like me. Mm -hmm. And the director was like, oh, the casting director, who I didn't know was the casting director. I thought he was just like the monitor, mm-hmm. just like a volunteer because he was so young. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was like, didn't you just move here? And I walk into the room. I was like, I just came with a suitcase and a dream. <laughs> <laughs> you were being truthful. Yeah. I was, but they yeah. all started laughing. Yeah. And so the director was like, start with whatever you want. And I was like, Thank, I literally said, thank you, God. Mm-hmm. And I sang the song and I could feel an energy shift when I got to a certain part of the song, which helped me to have more confidence. And I did the audition. I sang the other song, but I could tell that they already liked me. Jason Howland, the musical supervisor, got on his feet and was like, all right, so now I'm this part of the song. Can you do this? And he was working with me as if we yeah. were already in. Yeah, already working together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know who he was, but he was like, he's a big, t- like he's, Somebody who I would be, he wrote Little Women. I didn't know that at the time. Like, yeah. And so that happened. I sang the other song and it was like, just so you know, I'm an alto. They're like, it's okay. We just want to hear it. Did it. Had <laughs> fun. Mm-hmm. And then that night I went to bus tables at a restaurant. And then when I got off work, it was my first day working at a restaurant, which I was bad at. I got all these messages saying like, you have a final callback. Can you go back tomorrow? Whoa. What, what, what do you mean multiple messages? Because no one could get a hold of me. It was my first day working a new job, so my phone was off. My inbox, my voicemail box was full. My text messages were blowing up. I had calls from East Coast and West Coast. Because your phone was off and everyone was trying to get a hold of you. (laughs) Could I go to the final callback? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, it's midnight, and the callback was at 10 a.m. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I can be there. Yeah. But I do feel like my pageant training came in to play, like, and also – like making them laugh like because all those girls could sing it Mm -hmm. and I was just this fresh face who they'd never met or seen and they liked my energy Mm -hmm. and all those people who were in that room and behind the table were all friends today Mm -hmm. and it makes sense like energetically it's something that you can't really put your hands your finger on it's like it's a relationship that makes sense like all three of those guys, plus the casting director, all of them, I'm like, yeah, what do you need? I would try to do anything for them. Mm-hmm. It's an energetic thing, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. I was, I was thinking about that. Like, I know it's a, it's a tricky thing. Like, and maybe that there's no answer to this, but do you believe there's a way to to create more of an energetic alignment with whatever you're going out for? Ooh. Is there a way to harness that power somehow, or do you think it's goes back to doing the bait the, or putting the bait for the fish? Like, is there a way to to harness that energetic power? I think you can. I think there is a way, <clears throat> but it's scary though. It's like diving into an audition that you really want. It's like how much focus and energy do you want to pour into it? Because if you're spending hours and hours really pouring yourself into an audition that you know you might not get, it sucks when you don't get it.、Mm-hmm. But you have a better chance getting it if you really dive in and really like do your character work,、mm-hmm. and that kind of helps you to align. I think some movie stars or people who do TV like live in that role、yeah. even when they're off the camera. And so, going extra steps to like, well, this character where or like, how would they feel? I think there is a way to like live, eat, and breathe it. Do I usually do that? No, I don't. But I think that that would actually help a lot. That might be something that I try going forward. For me, I'm like, it will be if it will be, and if it won't be, it won't be. I am. Do I want it or not? If I do want it, I'll take the steps, and if I might take it or leave it, then just do. I just go in and be myself. Yeah. And if they like me being myself, then cool. A lot of people like you being yourself, Salisha. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. I know it's very difficult to have a personality like yours because of how unique you are, <laughs> in a good way. Oh, thank you. Okay. Right. <laughs> I don't know why.、Uh, anyway, <laughs> but that that reminds me too. Like Brian Cranston, he plays Father Malcolm in the Middle. He also plays the guy in、um, oh, what's what's the show when he makes a bunch of meth as a teacher. Breaking Breaking Bad. Yes, I, I think I was reading a、uh, article about like when Brian Cranston, the guy from Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad, <laughs> not Breaking Bad. I'm just like acting like you already have the role, and just like I love that the energetic alignments,、yeah. and just like yeah, embodying it, embracing it, and just like knowing that it's already there. Like oh yeah, of course that they're gonna hire me. Of course they're gonna choose me. Just kind of bringing that that energy with it. So I think that's definitely a, a great way to get rapid results. Is just like acting like you already have the role for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you said something about this earlier, and I didn't get to tie this in, but when you like break that threshold. Of getting in a certain level, it doesn't always mean that it will be easy. Sometimes it's the competition is smaller but tougher.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but if you ever go like back to your roots, those roles that were impossible to get now it's it's different. Sometimes you have to go away before you can come back and like get the roles that you want.、Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Does that make any sense? Like if you grow up. In Oregon or California, and you're trying to get somewhere, and you're like breaking into the industry there. Sometimes it takes going to New York, doing things there, for you to go home to Oregon or California and be like, "Oh, you're, oh, you're like a big deal now." It's like、mm, you're now、mm-hmm. the hometown here. You can yes,、be. yeah, yeah. That, that's a good point too, and and、uh, I like how we talked about that too. Like even Jesus in the Bible, like、uh, when he went back to his hometown, they're like, "Oh, hey, Jesus, what's up?" Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, like. You gotta、yeah. go other places and and do that kind of stuff and and then I don't know it changes people's perception I think even like on Broadway I'm like trying to do my own thing with my podcast Black Hair in the Big Leagues and the Salisha Show and doing my own thing people are like oh in my in your blog like oh you're doing all this other stuff people think I'm like some people think I'm <laughs> kind of cool I'm like well I've only done this on Broadway they're like yeah but I love your podcast it's like it almost takes doing Other things to make you more well-rounded.、Mm-hmm. Well, being on Broadway is still a very big deal, Slisha. Hope you give yourself some credit Thanks, for that.、So、yes. <laughs> and and I do like that topic too, like the importance of creating success out of your hometown. Even when I was、uh, actually went to the, yeah, Cammy says a prophet's not respecting his own land. Yes,、yeah. <laughs> that's exactly Cammy. Yeah, it's, it's wild. I'll show show her comment to everyone to how how true it is. Yeah, no, I was actually I, I attended the Nelson Mandela exhibit at、uh, Oregon OMSI. It's the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry, and they have a Nelson Mandela exhibit that they take to different places around the country. 
And it was fascinating that, yeah, Nelson Mandela, when he was struggling with fighting against, you know, the racism going on in South Africa, that when they were trying to arrest him and chase him down, he's like, all right, time for me to go. And he started traveling all around the world and saying, hey, like we're being treated horribly over here, like help us out kind of thing. And if he had just tried to stay in his hometown and preach his own hometown, he would have been arrested and who knows what would have happened to him. But just the, the importance of getting out and spreading your message to the world and outside of your hometown, especially because there's a w- wild fact that like 90% of people never live outside of uh, like 100 miles of where they grew up, essentially. Mm. So just like, yes, yeah, encourage you to go out there and, and keep, keep making it happen. And I know, Salish, we've gone over an hour at this point. And I know you want to get you to church going, but hope you're okay if I ask a few more questions. Sure. <laughs> I'll have to watch the playback on church. <laughs> I, I want you, I want to, I love going back to like talent over hard work. What are your thoughts on, you know, let's say someone's 60 years old, they don't know how to sing, they don't know how to dance, but they're like, I want to be on Broadway. So the question is, can anyone, anyone be on Broadway and why or why not? Well, I think, I don't know if we talked about this on camera or off camera. I can't remember. It goes in. But we were talking about like being, well, I read this in a book, maybe. Being on an airplane and like when you go off, like at the beginning, if you go even a little bit this way, it will send you in a whole different direction. Whereas if you go to the to the right, it will send you in a whole different direction. Once you've been airborne for a little while, it t- changing direction takes a whole lot more effort, more time it can. And so that's kind of like, if you know that you want to do something, the earlier you can decide that, the better. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you can't still get where you want to go later in life. Mm-hmm. And if it's the right role and you're at the right place at the right time, it absolutely can happen, especially if you've been performing your whole life in your hometown or regionally or whatever. And then you just get that perfect Broadway show for you and they see you and you're like they're like you're the one it can absolutely happen it's still difficult it's hard but it is possible and I'm curious is there anyone with uh, disabilities uh, on Broadway like blind or deaf or one hand or one leg or totally oh really Mm -hmm. yeah there's like I might be saying it wrong deaf west productions and they've got like a half deaf cast and they're Good. <laughs> what? They are good. Deaf West Productions. I'm gonna something type that like in that. The chat. It's something yeah. like that. I, I hope that's the name of it. And so half the cast is deaf, and the other cast is is like singing, like off stage or to the side for the people who are on stage. But de- like it is so beautiful and like goosebumps. And then the, there's also oh, what's her name? She was in Oklahoma. She was the lead in a wheelchair. Yes. Whoa. I think she won the Tony Award. <laughs> yes. Dang. Yeah. Oh, geez, that's kind of a, like, that's a funny insult. Like, oh, if I can win a Tony Award in a wheelchair. <laughs> can you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like. If you can't do it in two legs. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, you know, definitely they're not the majority. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully there'll be more equality in all the things. Um, but it's definitely, it, it's definitely a possibility. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, let's see. So a few more questions left. I feel like whether you realize it or not, Salisha, a lot of people love you, myself included. I love you too. <laughs> I love you. And I feel like whenever someone meets you, they're like, how can I be Salisha's friend? And, and so for, for those tuning in, what is the fastest way to become your friend? What's the fastest way to not become your friend? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the fastest way to be friends is for us to be in the same room and to have a good one-on-one conversation. I love a good one-on-one. I mean, once I feel like that, that connection, if we're working together, I just assume I'm best friends with everybody (laughs) until I think, oh, they don't like me or whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I'm like a golden retriever. Yeah. I want to be friends. <laughs> yes. Especially if it's a one-on-one. It's the fastest way for somebody to not be my friend. Oh my goodness. If somebody's like, oh, I don't know. I've not actually thought about this. Um, If it's not done in love, if I'm like the butt of their jokes in a room full of people and I, and it actually hurts my feelings, that hurts my feelings. But I don't mind it if it's like somebody who I'm like, 
I love you. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I did do that funny thing. Oh man. <laughs> so so what what if Slisha like what if someone like sees you on the street and they're like, oh my gosh, Slisha, like I love your work. Like I, I saw you on Broadway. Like I love everything you do, and it's so amazing to have you your friend. Like they're they're not putting you down, but you're uh, but you're also not having a one-on-one -on -one conversation yet. Like uh, how how would you react to that? Well, if somebody's like, I read your blog. I think you're amazing. I'm already like. You read my blog? <laughs> or yeah. they're like, oh my gosh, you're the host of that podcast? I'm like, are you serious right now? I'm like, <laughs> I'm getting, really? Like, yeah. I'm very interested. Mm -hmm. Let's absolutely do coffee. All right. There you go. There you go. All right. We're, we're uh, coming on. Deaf the West Theater. Deaf West Theater. Oh, thank you, Cammie. Yes. All right. So coming to the final stretch. Salisha, if everyone ignored all uh, our plus of what we had to say today, what is one takeaway you want them to have? Um, about achieving their big goals and dreams or getting on Broadway? What's, what's the one takeaway that you want people to have? The today? inner voice. The inner voice is the most important voice. Everyone, even me, can give you all the advice in the whole world, but if it doesn't resonate with you on the inside, do not take my advice. You've got to take that inner voice. I like to call it the Holy Spirit. You can call it intuition or your gut feeling. That voice will never steer you wrong. And a lot of times it goes against the grain and it sounds crazy. You're like, I can't sell all my belongings and move to New York City in a day. But sometimes that is the move if that's what your your gut is telling you. So, yeah, that's my advice is to don't listen to my advice. <laughs> <laughs> unless your inner voice says that her advice is good advice. Yeah, unless it fits in alignment with what you feel and who you are. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing. All right. Yeah, so any, anything else that uh, you want to say to people looking for rapid results in their life? I guess like focusing on what you really want and doing it one at a time. That is, and move, even if you feel like you're moving in slow motion, keep moving because all that slow motion um, moves towards your goals will eventually get you there. Love it. Slisha, thank you so much for coming on today. And, uh, <laughs> I'll make sure to uh, give you a few uh, honey do this, honey do this as a thank you for uh, oh, yes. <laughs> for coming on my show, being episode three of Rapid Results. How can people find you and get a hold of you and contact you and uh, tell you how amazing you are? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, follow me on Instagram. I'm at Salisha Thomas. And then I also have a website. And you also added a new Instagram handle recently too. Oh, the Salisha Show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've not posted anything on there at all. But yeah, that is also mine. Also, Black Hair Podcast. <laughs> Black Hair Podcast. <laughs> That's all on Instagram. And then my website, slalishatomas.com. All right. Thank you, honey. And uh, make sure to tune in next uh, episode, episode four. Plans to have uh, father of Andrew Weiss, Kurt Weiss. Uh, Papa Weiss! Coming in, talking about entrepreneurship, how he became a millionaire by the time he was 30 years old. Mind-blowing. So uh, tune in, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you, everyone. Cheers. Make sure you like and subscribe. <laughs>